commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Grex Kondak, and you're listening to Core World News, your Hornet News show for in-depth coverage of all the latest stories from around the galaxy. Now, for your new segment rundown for August 15th, 2021. 99 problems, but a bad batch ain't one. But first, this news. All right, thank you very much, Grex. Yeah. Um, this is the first time we've been in studio together <laughs> in a very long time, yeah. and it's making me very happy. So, yes. little improved audio for y'all. We're actually yeah. looking at each other for the first time in over a year. So, yeah. optimal is... subspace frequencies. That's yeah. right. And only minimal amount of social anxiety for actually having to look at, <laughs> be in a room with humans and, and like talk. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, we're most of us are still testing, so I am. We're, we're all reportedly healthy. Yes, beings. that's right. Yeah. Together we're all fully in a safe place. We're yep. all being safe, testing. So yeah, yeah. It's and we, exciting. We hope you're all safe out there as well. Yep. Um, this week, uh, we have a couple news stories that pop through. Um, it's going to be relatively short here. We're going to talk about Bad Batch, but we do, like I yeah. just said, have some uh, news. Adam, uh, what you want to uh, share that with us? Yeah, you know we've we've been getting very little news about the movies, but uh, Taika Waititi was 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 uh, doing an interview with Wired and talking about just Thor: Love and Thunder and other stuff. And they asked him about Star Wars, and he said, "We have a story. We're finishing up the script, so they're actively he's actively working on it, which is exciting, right? Because we still don't know anything about like right. we get very vague responses about the Kevin Feige and and the Ryan Johnson stuff of like, yeah, we're still working on it, but he's. He said it's it's done and it's very me. <laughs> yeah, that's all we got really is it's yeah. very me is yeah. what he said about it. And I mean, yeah, the vagaries of the force will continue. We'll always be, you know, battling against what the little information we have to go off of. But uh, I feel <laughs> like I, I still got to think this could involve droids in a big way. Like yeah. droids, just the humor of droids, the way droids operate, the explorations and extrapolations of technology that that's really fun in that sort of storytelling. Yeah, I feel like Taika would do a great job with droids, but it seems right. We'll Sally, very, very much a sense of humor, I would yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah, you've been beating that drum for a while, Grant. I think that's a great call little creatures or droids. Like he does such a great job right. of just bringing that sort of uh, that. Yeah. I don't know the, the the new kind of either practical well, or CGI kind of characters to life in ways that we haven't seen before. Usually these right. elements kind of fall flat, and he he does a great job of. If you think about like life. Thor Ragnarok, it feels like the character he was least interested in that movie was Thor. Yeah, and he does a great job with Thor, but it's yeah. more about like, no, I want to play with the with the Hulk and with these weirdos yeah. and aliens, and and just yeah. I think he loves that so. Yeah. 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 I mean, what he did with Korg was, mm-hmm. I mean, I inspired. Didn't, actually, like, I didn't know his name, but as soon as, like, I heard Korg, I was like, who is this? And then, like, yeah. that was my entrance to really yeah. knowing that. Yeah. Piss, piss off ghost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. Yeah. And you know, he'll end up being a voice of a yeah. droid or an alien for sure in that. Yeah. We've yeah, also, so. you know, for a long time, we've speculated that Dr. Afro would be a perfect you know uh property yeah. for him i mean he's like he's just yeah i feel like he could write her voice incredibly well so yeah we'll, we'll see what he does but it's either to me i, I gotta think it's gonna be strange and creatures and or droids you know going on their own ton of heroes journey of some kind that that feels maybe a little bit more small scale than these kind of big saga films we got but yeah. or dr afro like that's kind of where my mind's going yeah. but I, i'm really uh interested well, to see what he chooses I, I hope we get more like solo movies yeah. that are you know, if you if you took out of the fact that this is Han Solo and he has this giant mm-hmm. destiny, that movie is a very small movie. 
yeah. about very just one character's journey in the Star Wars galaxy. And that's I want more of that, totally. you know, and similar with Rogue One, except you had that 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 weight of the of the Death Star hanging over that entire thing. Right. It came from a very small, limited, like niche part of the galaxy and arrived at the most important event in yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. Um, but it was that's a hard story to tell when you think about it. Totally. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. I mean, we have, we have our guesses. We made our guesses months ago at this point, as far as all the new um, yeah. features and things. I kind of actually forget mine. I know you've been beating the droids one for a while, but um, we will see. I'm just going to say, times will right. tell, and yeah. there will be a tell of the tape. And, yeah, uh, I, it's really admirable his work that he's done for um, uh, indigenous people, and and he's now just started this new series called Reservation Dogs about uh, yeah. stuff. People Which living on a reservation, Native really, living on a reservation. Yeah, really good, really, yeah. really brilliant. Yeah, uh, it's kind of a comedy. Um, definitely, everyone should watch that when it when it yeah. airs. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if he explores some of that in Star Wars. In that maybe we've been we've been waiting for this kind of dam to break or the ceiling to, to to shatter, where aliens kind of lead the way or pave the way in the storytelling. We yeah. haven't had that yet, really. Right. In a big way, Taika might be the perfect person to kind of usher usher yeah. us into that era. Bring, yeah. us, bring an alien character into the into the spotlight. I don't know if it was last month or like eight months ago or twelve months ago because time has no mm-hmm. meaning anymore. But my wife and I did sat sat down and watch um, watched Boy, which is his first movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool! And it's really, really, it's very Taika Waititi, but it's he has heart that I think sometimes we forget mm-hmm. because he does things like what we do in the shadows and other stuff. But like, there's it. He feels that Star Wars heart is in every single mm-hmm. one of his films. I mean, like, like. Um, was it Hunt for the Wilder People? Oh, so good. Yeah. So good. And Love it makes me cry every time. Yeah. But I, I feel like we will get that. He always wants to kind of to come back to your point, Grant. Like there will be something about whatever the, the indigenous population equivalency in Star Wars will be. I mean, that's what I'm hoping for because yeah. he just does such a great job with that material and exposing that material because for so long we've gone without these stories and yeah. they're, so, they're so needed, especially on a mythological kind of storytelling uh, uh forum right like you want to you want to talk about everyone in the galaxy not just select yes. jedi or select bloodlines like that's not fun yeah yeah Wh- whatever yeah. we get like first of all i love that he said it's, it's very me because that's all we ever asked for yep. right just yeah. like you be you and you know give your own take on it and i mean talking about it like i'd say his three strengths are comedy obviously he's hilarious and um social commentary he actually yep. does social commentary in a really palatable way where yeah. it's not just like rammed down your throat it's it's a real you know jojo rabbit like i was yeah. like oh it could have been just another dumb movie you know war movie but it touched on those themes very 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 heavy dark themes in like a way like through the eyes of a child and like it, it, it takes a deft hand to do that and um and in heart you know just like just yeah. like a lot of like really good stuff so and i mean that's star wars to me that's it is yeah. it's that that really delicate interstices of those three things of you know heart politics and comedy <laughs> yeah but um so i just hope whatever he does it sort of leaves a little door open i mean i, I could i would love to have a taika trilogy yeah. in star wars and but at the very least if we get a nice at, at the least we're gonna get a great movie right yeah. it's gonna yeah. be uh tell an original story from a very unique point of view um at best we're gonna get you know another a big swing that another either taika himself or another director can pick up on and it'll be a whole other branch of star wars that'll you know have its own feel um and uh yeah so i'm hopeful for this yeah and i would say like i feel like you know in some of the past stories with star wars where 
they yank a director out or they change something. Those are pretty green directors. Mm-hmm. Like even Lord and Miller, right? Right. I mean, they had some big hits, but their big hit was a comedy, which is 21, 22 Jump Street in the Lego movie. Mm-hmm. They hadn't directed a giant blockbuster movie up to that point, really, if you think about those two things. Same thing with, um, I can't remember who else they've pulled off of movies, but like Tego Watiti is such an interesting director, but mm-hmm. he's not a risky choice by any stretch. I mean, yeah, he's, I mean, just look at Thor Ragnarok. I mean, it reinvigorated the, the Marvel. So I, I feel like they will hopefully give him all the rope that he wants with this yeah. stuff. And yeah. one more little tidbit we have to go off of is I think they showed like a logo when mm-hmm. during the uh, shareholder event yeah. last year when they talked about Taika joining the project and it had this really, really kind of cartoonish looking font. Yeah. Very 70s, almost like yeah. Monty, uh, Monty Python-y. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, almost Monty Python. I mean, it, or, see, the shame uh, wow. that we're doing this in person you, you, wow. is I, I have, that, that. I I have that as a background. So if oh. we were on Zoom right now, I would pull that up on my background. Oh, well, very cool. <laughs> right. I love that idea yeah. of Monty, doing a Monty Python thing in the High Republic era. <laughs> yeah. Taika directing, like, oh, my God. Like, and and having Jedi act in this sort of like be these characters in this this sort of like farce, you know, yeah. or like yeah. operation that goes bad, or you know, something that's funny. Like that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that'd be fun. Was that? Yeah, I always thought it looked like Hanna Barbera World of Adventure. That yeah, font. definitely, I could yeah. do that as well. Yeah. Um, right on. Uh, what? Any other news items this week? The only other one going around, and I don't know how much of this is just the Ouroboros that is the internet, the snake eating its own tail, but um, right. it's got a lot of traction, and that looks like Star Wars is looking to, or Lucasfilm is looking to cast um, a live-action Sabine Wren, Wren for uh, Ahsoka. Right. And oh, specifically for Ahsoka? That seems to be the rumor. Yeah, I don't know. That's part of the thing, is I don't know if people are connecting various rumors about stuff, but right. it seems to be... Remember, that's going to be, it's all the Mandoverse, right? Like, that's taking place during the time of the Mando. I still think that we've seen her artwork in the first episode of uh, season two of The Mandalorian. Right. Yeah, on that, when we saw the graffiti Mm -hmm. wall, it would be great if she was on there. So this is, I think this is an important divergent time note here. Just to remind everyone, um, at the end of Rebels, we see... Ahsoka and Sabine embarking on an adventure together, specifically yep. to chase down Thrawn and Ezra. Ezra. Yep. Um, and we don't, but we don't, all we know is that happens after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. But we don't know how far after. And, you know, and so this, when the Mandalorian met Ahsoka in the live action mm-hmm. Mando season two, we don't know when if that was happened before or after her adventure but we can assume because she's searching for thrawn it happened before it's yeah for so it seems to suggest if you go on wikipedia i think it was right after the end of return of the jedi i don't know where that source comes from or yeah, that, i think it's a guess that, i think that could be retconned fairly easily because it was like a montage at the yeah. end of rebels sort of like and then have this happened it was sort yeah. of like yeah. everyone doing their things but, and so it felt like I, it was I'm right going to argue return. that what the ahsoka we saw in mandalorian uh was occurred before the the finale of rebels mainly because she hasn't entered that Gand- gandalf phase that right. sort of gandalf attire yeah i think that's an arc i think that's honestly what I you're gonna so. get the ahsoka sh- yeah the ahsoka sh- series is going to explain i hope explain why she dresses in that 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 I garb know. that robe the staff the staff, yeah. the staff which kind of looks a yeah. little like that beskar staff mm-hmm. i don't know yeah. this yeah. is like could she like give up 
her lightsabers like is that her nest evolution right that's i think part I of the arc right so, it's like yeah. giving up yeah. of the Je- jedi lifestyle the jedi doctrine yeah. in in totality right yeah. like explore a new path entirely and um yeah adopt the staff and if, if i was to speculate on you know what the staff and the robe could all mean i gotta think it it could be connected to the the world between worlds it could be connected to the time traveling aspect of rebels that we explored earlier because she could master that sort of whatever that esoteric world of the force is she could master that yeah you know and that could be a that could be reason for it, having a staff and being a more totally. mystic character I'm, i've been so against the world between world stuff coming <laughs> to too. live action yeah, yeah. but i've weirdly kind of let that go a little bit where i'm like as long as you're not yeah. using it as a way to retcon things that that vocal minority fans don't like right which is where it kept coming up it kept popping up and they're going to use it to fix quote unquote you know the sequel trilogy and all that where i'm like no but it's it's a good storytelling device i like how they use it in rebels yeah. like it's got the mysticism surrounded by it yeah and so yeah and it doesn't remove the threat because i mean palpatine does find a way to tap into that world between worlds and attack them basically so right. like they're not safe there it doesn't no. feel like uh the sort of the hallway from the matrix or something where they right. can kind of go anywhere and uh, yeah, it feels yeah. like someone could always interrupt yeah know, so absolutely so that's good yeah it's exciting I, I feel like i could see it taking place after or before we see that mm-hmm. scene because even if it even if we see her before that and then she's out doing this four mm-hmm. or five years later i mean the quest is going to be a long quest like we like all they know is that they disappeared on a space whale going out to the unknown things, right like there's <laughs> yeah. there's not a lot for them to go yeah. on so you can understand they're out there they've been out there for half a decade trying to figure out what's going on but i like this idea that it actually is taking place after and we're telling the story of her becoming gandalf basically yeah, yeah. yeah. i love that they could tell both sides that story like mm-hmm. i would assume sooner or later they will run into thrawn and or ezra but they can tell the story from sabine and ahsoka's pov which would be great and then they could tell it from thrawn and ezra's pov yeah, yeah. Sabine's gonna be pr- critical for the 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 Dinjar and Bo-Katan relationship as well. Yes. Like yeah. Sabine is going mm. to be able to level, give some information yeah. to Mando or or choose sides immediately. And, right. and I think Sabine will choose Bo-Katan's right. side because we had seen last seen her give Bo-Katan the dark saber in Rebels. So she seems to look up to to Bo-Katan. I, yeah, that's an interesting call. I would probably lean the other way. I think really because she trusted. Uh, Bo-Katan, uh, Sabine Wren had the dark saber mm-hmm. and just handed it to Bo-Katan, right? right? And this is the impetus for why she can't just uh, Bo-Katan can't just take the dark saber from Mandalorian now because she did that once and it didn't. It clearly didn't work. And would I would think that Sabine would be kind of mad at her for not saving the Mandalorian, yeah. you know, for not wielding it better. I'm, I'm sure you know. She I've always forecasted that. The Dinjarin would make an incredible Mandalore, but now yes. I'm thinking of a fun way to subvert, subvert that whole competition between Bo-Katan and, and Dinjarin is to have Sabine be Mandalore. Yeah. Yeah. To have her get this, the Darksaber back, I think would be a really fun yeah. uh, progression for the plot. I think so, because I think what they're trying to set us up is that we're in the refusal of the call moment, yeah. right? right. And I feel like I would like yeah. it if it just ends with the refusal of the call. It's yeah. like, no, no, really, guys, I'm not good at this. Yeah. You do not want me. Yeah. Thank you. No, like, but him yeah. supporting, like, yeah. being there as the field general for, you know, someone like 
Sabine Wren or, or yeah, Bo-Katan. Din Djarin's entirely unqualified for to lead anything. Right. No. He's been a loner his whole life. He's a terrible dad. I mean, even though he means well. He's like, not he's good only, at his job. He's not really great at his job. No. He's, you know, I mean. I mean, not everyone straps their, their kid to a speeder, the back of a speeder. Yeah. Right. Yeah. His yeah. superpower yeah. is that he stole real, a ton of Beskar and has really good Beskar armor. Yeah. And his like, his like signature move is like a bull rush and like allow hoping that the pew pew hits his like you know yeah. lasers hit his armor and not like right. the soft part it doesn't solve anything like the entire second season which i loved was him just going being told to go somewhere being told, told to go somewhere else and he just goes where he's told and just like stumbles upon all of these things mm-hmm. that, yeah. that happened to him yeah yeah it's wild yeah but i mean it i you know, maybe that's just his next quest. It's like, okay, well, I can't do it. You can't do it. We need to find the next Mandalore. But it's like, I'm sure he doesn't want to have to get defeated in combat at the same time, you know? It would be kind of funny if it was just his burden. It's like, I mean, it's yeah. another white male failing upward. But yeah. like, uh, if, it, if it was just his burden to lead, it's like, sorry, you you control it. And then, you know, maybe he has Bo-Katan as his, yeah. um, you know, confidant and, and uh, advisor or something. Um, could be I just can't imagine he would just would do that and not just run like yeah. just be like no I'm out <laughs> just, yeah, like, nope um, bye yeah just like I'm gonna put this down right here you can pick it up or you don't have I to don't I don't know yeah. yeah yeah that was perplexing I was like can you just put it on a table and then can well, she pick like, it up is that just, a possibility yeah, yeah, can we yeah. do well, that what also I think we're now <laughs> we litigating this the object? my whole thing from the beginning is it's not like he killed um, uh, Moff Gideon to get it he just defeated defeated him so I'm like, he could be defeated very easily. And I also think if like he had a fair fight with with Bo-Katan, she probably, she probably would beat him. Yeah. But it seems like Moff Gideon did know about the sort of the, oh, the culture of the Mandalorians yeah. and understood that there would be a sort of uh, a duel for the, the yeah. Darksaber. Yeah. It would cause strife and that yeah. it gave him the upper hand in that, that yeah. brief moment before Luke Skywalker shows up. Oh, that's right. That happened. Yeah. <laughs> right. I forget that happened. Yeah, that happened, guys. <laughs> Luke Skywalker's right. in the Mandoverse. <laughs> and you immediately lost focus of all the characters in the room. Yeah. Right, exactly. You forgot <laughs> about like, everything oh, that yeah. was happening. Luke? Okay. Yeah, I, that, you just reminded me that like Moff Gideon was all like blustered. This will happen. Yeah. All of you will be dead except yeah. for me and the child, blah, blah, blah. And then when all of a sudden it's like, oh, a lone X-Wing and he sees what's happening, he immediately tries to eat a bullet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. He's like, nope. I was, like, he I was, I was, I was wrong. <laughs> oh, you're all dead? And he's like, nope, I'm immediately wrong. I'm out. <laughs> Oh, that's good times. Um, all right, so to... one more question about this. I, I know we're, oh, we're, oh, we're on casting, though. I, we're on I, casting. I, yeah. I, my vote goes to Tia Sakar, who did the voice in Rebels. I, I just have her reprise the role. She did such a great job in that show. She was cool. so good. I don't yeah. think I could pull her out of memory. Like, I'm not sure. Oh, I'm, but she, oh, I mean, looks, the voice acting looks like great. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I looked at, like, I just pulled up Screen Rant, had some names. I don't like any of them, so I'm not going to rep- repeat it. Maybe you do like Chloe Haley Sevigny. Steinfeld, maybe because she's doing the um, she was doing the Hawkeye series and uh, she's cutting right. her teeth in some Disney Plus stuff. It's yeah, she's yeah, easy jump over to Mando. If, if yeah, maybe yeah, but I'm so bad with the voice actor did such an incredible. Well, I'm trying to think age wise too. Well, she, we, oh yeah, because she's young. She was younger in Rebels, but she's, she's younger. Older yeah. now. Was, she's. At Maybe least late late twenties, early thirties. Yeah, late twenties, early thirties, probably. Oh, yeah. Which is actually probably Haley Steinfeld at this point. Really? Okay. Yeah. I, I probably yeah. or at least in her mid twenties. Yeah. I think. I can't wait to see the Kate Bishop, whatever her Kate yeah. Bishop is. That'd be super fun. 
Yeah. She could Tia Sakar could totally do it. Yeah. yeah. She'd be great. She's animated in a way that it's like yeah. that like it could be she and could be any race. Have you ever seen what has she been in? Because she looks the really internship with oh. uh, Vince Vaughn and oh, Noah Wilson. Go. She is in uh, that. She's part of their kind of their their Google t- team. Their uh I've oh, seen no her yeah, yeah, something right. recently, yeah, and she so. was really great, and I can't remember what it and was. And she's really funny in that yeah. movie. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, so. That would be, she's, I think she'd be great. I think she'd be great. Yeah, and actually. I think, you're right, because she's not just, like, I know, like, there's a big push for, was it Ashley Eckstein to be um, Ahsoka yeah, live so action, bad. which I was never against, but yeah. she's also, she's a voice actress, right? Like, she doesn't do much in the way of live acting right. that I've seen, but I know I know this woman, yeah, I, name yeah. I already forgot, yeah, I've yeah. seen her in multiple things, so she's... Yeah. She does a lot of live action acting, oh, so yeah. Yeah. why not just do that? Then it's like you don't have to worry about voice being strange. You don't have to worry mm-hmm. about any of that. She can totally do and that. I don't, I don't. I mean, I don't see the difference of you know, super easy uh, for Bo Katan and her. I mean, like I, mm-hmm. I feel like they're why not just bring back the yeah. the voice actress, yeah. especially when she's already made the leap to live action yeah. and it's proven. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that would be my my way to go. But, um, but yeah, we'll see. Haley Steinfeld is the second second runner, okay. second runner up. Sure. I don't know. I'm just trying to think outside that, the box. That's a name Ooh. I can't even come up with a name. Yeah, that's I'm like racking tough. my brain. I'm like that's yeah, a weird. Yeah, I don't I don't keep track of any of the younger I, right? actors. Like, I'm like, I don't yeah. know any of I don't really watch any of the the, the CW stuff. I don't watch any. Of that. I don't know who's out there right. who's doing. She's going to be youthful looking, <laughs> but she's not. I mean, she's not young at this point. She should be probably late 30s. Yeah, that's what we're trying to figure out. Early like 30s, late. Yeah, yeah, early 30s maybe. Late yeah. 20s. I mean, I guess she was kind of young during Rebels. I feel like she was a teen in Rebels, like late teen towards the end of Rebels, and then. There's right. another because that ends pre. So pre- I'm gonna say late 20s then. I'm gonna say like 29 or yeah. Because it's, like, yeah, it's yeah. five years from New Hope to uh yeah. to no four years from New Hope to Return of the Jedi exactly. and then another five years to six, six years. years. So we have ten years. Yeah, right. so late 20s, right? Late 20s, early, early, yeah. So that yeah. yeah. So that makes sense. I don't know the age group. I'm trying to think. Like I watch all the CW superhero yeah. shows and I'm like. No, those are all all those actors now are in there. <laughs> right, yeah, they're just playing younger or something. Yeah, yeah. one thing I, I would not like is another uh, professional wrestler. I'm just going to throw that. I also like that, that has not been working out for their yeah. now. Like, let's, yeah. let's just, why don't you just get people who are actors? To yeah, do let's see that. Acting and, and like uh, take them to the gym, get them a gym membership. Let's yeah. see how that works out. Yeah, it seems like the whole wrestling transmedia operation has a lot of money to throw around, but like, I don't know if the talent's there. Like, sure, yeah, there's going to be yeah. help and funding and financing and all this kind of stuff for yeah. movies like that. But there's also been a bit of a troubling yeah. culture surrounding. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just say it around yeah. some yeah, of those yeah. choices where I'm like, let's just you know not try to get you know controversial things in Star Wars for a while. Let's just right. like like maybe yeah. like maybe do a Google search yeah. on some people before you hire them and just you yeah know, just vet them a little they, bit. Yeah, believe in things like science. Yeah, before you put them in a sci-fi. Yeah. Let's get science nonfiction down before we get to science fiction. Yeah. Should precursor. Um, all right, awesome. Let's talk about Bad Batch. Do it. If you're having clone problems, I feel bad for you, son. I have 99 problems, but the Bad Batch ain't one. Uh, hit me! Uh, all right, uh, welcome back to another edition of. 99 problems but the bad batch ain't one uh so we were just talking off air a lot about all of this stuff but um yeah. why don't we get into it this is the season finale of bad batch camino lost sure going that's, from memory here right. yeah 
Um, this is the problem of taping in person. We don't have. I have a screen. That sounds right. That sounds right. So no, no, no computers in no front computers. of us. This is all Just, from the uh, dome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Off the audience. dome, you know, flaws and all. Um, but uh, yeah, so we get this episode. It picks up right where the other left, where the Empire is slagging the entire yeah. Kaminoan cloning facility, um, and our heroes are left to try to escape and. Yeah. The escape was the episode. Yeah, it was the Poseidon adventure mm-hmm. in Star Wars. Right. Oh, and okay. it was yeah. Yeah. it's kind of like the sinking of Atlantis in a lot of ways. Really. Yeah. The episode starts off right off the bat with the clone trooper going, you know, the the, Kami- the Kaminoan city is sinking. It's all, you know, it's all fallen. Yeah. And then Rampart and all the Star Destroyers pull away because they've completed the job. But then we follow our heroes into that the submerging of these structures and yeah. and their their escape, which is super, which is really fun. It's, super a, it's a really fun action episode. Kind of, yeah. yeah. I want to, before we get into breaking it down and talking about everything, I listened back to our episode last week. So in part, it was talking a bit about what we were hoping to see from this episode. And Ben had a comment that I want to hit <laughs> yes. on. And he Go wanted on. to see a giant monster attacking right? attacking uh, the, the tube. And yeah, you yeah. got that. We got this like weird, like armor plated yeah. giant manatee yeah. thing. Yeah, it was like a turd, almost like a sea, like... At first, it's this gnarly head, yeah. and you're like, "Oh, it's this crazy menacing thing," but it's like really just like a big sea turtle. Yeah, like it, it is. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's amazing. It's like but I, I thought you like, got it really was, big. You got exactly what you wanted, and it was it was great. Yeah, it was, oh, there's yeah. always a big fish. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised I said that on air, but definitely when yeah. it happened, I was yeah. like, like Jenny sitting next to me does not care. Is like looking at like <laughs> Instagram trends, and I'm just like, oh, I wanted to see that when they went the other way in the tunnel, and she just like sort of like sneered at me and like went back to her. <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, "Valid, you're right. That's not a really good sentence to anyone that doesn't care about Star Wars." It's funny that planet feels relatively lifeless compared to you know some shots we get in the prequels, where I think there are like some flying like pterodactyl yeah. type yeah. creatures there. There's other yeah. things under the water. I think in the Clone Wars, I think we even see something under the water. I want to say we see. They seem to suggest water. that there's a lot of things going on things. under the yeah, because there was like the assault on Camino. Right. And we saw some sea creatures, but not like you would imagine there would be giant sea creatures. Because it's an oceanic. Yeah. Like in Naboo, it's like, oh, whoa, there's giant sea creatures here. You know, it doesn't really make sense because it's kind of a mixed thing. But like, this is an entirely oceanic world. I would expect like kaiju, like Godzilla sized things on the reg down there. But yeah. I don't know. And we get one. Apparently, so. the seafloor is not that deep, at least where they set this up. It's like it's true. They were like, thinking, I, yeah, yeah, I would I assume it would deeper. have been exactly. But I just, I loved how they kept cutting to outside and yeah. just seeing it drifting further and further down. Oh, yeah. Floor. It was super tense. That was yeah. tense. As far as things panning out the way you had speculated, yeah, totally. Like Crosshair comes back into, you know, be a family member in a big way. But yeah. Like, well, they use yeah, force it's still, it's still to work together. It's yeah. still left to interpretation I, of how far that's going to go. But um, I like that right if they are, that in a lot of ways, yeah. though. You did speculate on that. If they're working towards his redemption, I like how they're doing it. Right. Like, yeah. I, the thing I did not want to see by the end of this episode is like, you're right. I am coming with you. But I right. like that we saw a little turn. We saw he mm-hmm. did not have to save Omega at all. I, I, he did not have to save uh, the droid's name, who I, I listed the entire. AZ39876549Q58. <laughs> Q5. Yeah. <laughs> I think there was a niner in there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I, I, when I saw that scene, I thought for certain he was actually going to shoot the droid. I thought that's what he was oh, going yeah. to do right. to prove a point of like, you can't hold on to things. Yeah. And so when he didn't, I'm like, oh, there is a little bit of hope in, in Crosshair. Yeah, right. it was yeah. A, he's a wild character because, like you said many times, Grant, like 
for 90% of the series, he's just like a mustache twirling villain. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like now we get them face to face and finally talking about this traumatic event that separated them. Yep. And they're, you know, and they realize, well, they are, I mean, obviously this is so meta, but they're like, they're philosophical differences about mm-hmm. like what they're designed for and what their purpose is and what the empire's doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the empire's literally trying to kill him and he's still defending the empire. Yeah. Um, which, you know, but uh, it's, I don't know. It was great to have those moments, but we're finding that he's like, he's a very sensitive guy. Like he... He still wants to belong as much as he's like philosophically different. That's what's so they're brilliant. His brothers, and he's like, yeah. I will yeah. not give that's up. The, that's what's you. so brilliant about the show, I think, is because I always wrote that character off. Me too. Immediately, his voice was snakish. He's almost like a Voldemort sort of yeah. character where I just wrote him off as chaotic evil at the least, you know, right. possibly lawful evil. And, um, and just all about the fight, right? Like he seems like he's a guy who only knows how to operate when he's got, you know, his finger on the trigger. Like yeah, that's right. pretty much how he operates through life. And it feels like it feels like that's still the case in a lot of ways. But, you know, this time and they play with that in this episode where he'll point a rifle at Hunter and you're like, oh, he's going to take Hunter right now. And then yeah. he'll turn the rifle and save Omega or something. And it's like, yeah. cool. Like he's always going to operate behind a weapon, but it's just how he uses that weapon yeah. right. going forward is going to be, I think, what we need to look at. It's heart wrenching because you remember yeah. the earlier, I mean, well, there's Clone Wars season seven and then the early episode of this season yeah. you know like he's a member of that team they work yeah, as like part of that family they're a unit of one like they work yeah. as one and it was nice to see them work on the same side for an episode yeah yeah and it was maybe a little i, I didn't think it was too on the nose but more i'm thinking about it is like wow that's maybe a little bit of like oh the one place that they can go back to is their barracks and their barracks are still there right, right. but, but yeah. at the same point it was nice to see that moment of him being reminded yeah. of his family right the entire time through i you know i really enjoyed it i also like that he still did not say anything about rescuing omega because the right thing to do he just said now we're even mm-hmm. right like in his yeah, mind right. can do that but you know there's something else going on there yeah. because I still, I still think there's a lot to be said that he could have very easily just killed the droid, destroyed the droid mm-hmm. to save her, and he mm-hmm. didn't. He chose a yeah. harder shot to save everyone, right? Yeah, well, it's cool because their team is growing now, and I love AZ on that mm-hmm. team because they the voice acting is fantastic. Yeah. Um, that's he's just a really good character that you know really fun droid and like a funny droid too so i'm glad he is. i like that. what's a long past too. dude yeah. that spans he, yeah. he, oh yeah does he originally come from the jedi temple yes he's a jedi temple droid so. i'm pretty sure I'll yeah to double check but I, Cat Bane been, uses yeah. him i think to break into the jedi temple in the clone wars but he has his own droid. I think that's the that's oh, the other that's very similar. That's, that's, that's the Seth, Seth, Seth Green droid. Seth Green droid, who's oh, funny. Okay, right. yeah. I always get it mixed up too because they sound very similar. Yeah, yeah. but he definitely certainly dates. Az certainly dates back to the Clone Wars. So looking forward, I mean, we'll we'll talk about the episode store, but now we're talking about Crosshair. Looking forward, we know there's a season two, um, de- debuting next year. So they're clearly already yeah well into it because animation takes forever. Yeah. Um. I think uh, there will be, I think Ben is 100% right. I think Crosshair will be redeemed at some point. Yeah. The question is, do we redemption get- Redemption in Star Wars? Uh, so that's just my question. Yeah, yeah. But do we get a different type Brian of redemption? Orphan? Because the only type of redemption we've got in Star Wars is redemption and immediate death. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, think about it. Like, even yeah. the, the sequel trilogy, right? We get Kylo redeemed yeah. and dies. Or becomes one of the Force. It depends mm-hmm. on the kill count. But yeah, yeah. Darth Vader For redeemed sure. and dies. Dies, yeah. So yeah, yeah. do we get- this crosshair because I I love and um, I know we're not really supposed to talk about Joss Whedon all that much nowadays. But if we talk about Buffy, 
which was yeah. written by a lot of other people, especially the later seasons, Joss Whedon mm-hmm. had very little to do with it. Spike's redemption is one of the most interesting arcs and characters that like you take this character who is like the big bag of season two and then spends this entire time, does horrible things, but gets a soul and tries to redeem himself throughout the series. Right. Like, I think that's such a more interesting thing is like, can we redeem him at the end of season two? Right. And then season three is like, how do you now have this person on your team who, who stabbed you in the back? Like, how does he prove his worth to that team or yeah. trust again? I think that's such an interesting yeah, story in Star Wars. Trust. Yeah. Yeah. People be- are throwing around the word family a lot. You know, especially <laughs> given some movies that have come out recently. Yeah, that involve. But, um, <laughs> do, yeah. do you remember what it started Vehicles with them stealing DVD, uh, CD, uh, DVD, uh, Blu-ray combo players? What? What? Fast and Furious One. That was yeah, their yeah, big yeah, scheme. But they were stealing DVD. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah they're like right. these VCR things are going to be combos. valuable they forever. Were, yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah. one. Yeah, no one was yeah. using VHS now they're in a space. year after that Sorry, movie. Sorry, ruined it for anyone. Nuts. Yeah. Um, anyway, no, but I gotta think that Crosshair adamantly thinks soldier first before family i gotta think he's a soldier before he's jumping into this family narrative the The family narrative doesn't matter crosshair i think he's a soldier i think he's trying to convince himself it doesn't yeah right yeah 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 i still think similar to what i was talking about last week i feel like he is trying to convince himself that the reason he did all the horrible things is because his brother's stabbing them in the back and he's just trying to talk himself into this narrative but i mean at the end of the day it's such a weird thing because He's still a clone, yeah. right? So like he's still them. He's still a big part of him that's them. So I feel like he's just denying that aspect of himself. I did like our early speculation that he would become the kind of proto death trooper, like the very first we might get death that trooper. Because yeah, I loved that idea. I was yeah. like, that idea is fantastic because yeah, he does fit the mold of someone who would then train all the death troopers and be like that. That basically that yeah. catalyst for the death trooper. I love uh, yeah I, initiative. He still. could get some mods and stuff. Yeah. Sure, exactly. If he does get the like weird, dig, you know, digital enhancements like and he starts out, like yeah. cybernetic, I mean then. It really points to a classic sort of <laughs> right. redemption then death. Right you know, I like turning you into Darth Vader. Deathbed sort of, you know, repentance. Um, but it would be fun. I, I, I love tie-ins. I think uh Filoni loves tie-ins and you know it, it always adds a nice little punch up and like some synergy and whatever to the shows when they do them. Um uh, but I'd like to see some tie-ins that aren't too like two full owning properties. properties. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And right. Death Troopers would be yeah. a classic. There's a larger universe. Filoni yeah. is, at this point, created like I think 65% of the Star Wars universe. Technically, yeah. It's amazing. But there's yeah. a lot more out there and I'd like to see him play around with it some yeah. more. Agreed. It's I, true. His I, fingerprints are all over It's this. It's amazing. I, I do think... It's like everything but the sequels and the it's prequels. True. I, and, and they're starting to bring that stuff in so he's got to play around with that if you look at Mandalorian. But I, I am still... I think season two... I don't think we see Crosshair with the Empire. I think we see him charting his own path. I do think we see oh. him being a bounty hunter, and I do think he ends bounty up... Bounty hunter. I love that. I think I yeah. still think he ends up taking Boba Fett, baby Boba, under his wing. And I feel like that is... We're going to get this parallel mm. storytelling of okay. him raising Boba and yeah. them raising Omega. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. That would be really, cool. really, really like that. Um, that's so cool, because I've always loved the kind of the training aspect of characters who are outside the Jedi Order, like... How do bounty hunters train other bounty hunters? How do mm. smugglers train other smugglers? We got that with with Solo and Beckett training Han. It's like yeah. who yeah. trained Boba? Like who helped Boba? Yeah, everyone like, mentors. I remember seeing those early Rogue One trailers and being like, "Who trained Jin? She's an incredible fighter." Like, yeah. And I always speculated maybe Boba had trained her, or yeah. like someone had trained her. Like it was really cool to see the training outside of just the Jedi training, which we right. all know well. Yeah. But um, but and then back to tie-ins. I mean, we got to talk about Omega and 
Yes, we do. What could, what's in store in the future with that character, and then also the reveal in this. There episode. was a big reveal that big was reveal. treated very subtly. Like it, just, <laughs> it, it kind of went right yeah. by. We're like, oh, they are one hundred percent confirming this. Yeah, yeah. She, Wait, which reveal is this? The reveal is that she is as she's older than oh, all then, the Bad Batch, yeah. right? And uh, I guess it kind of supports you know speculation that uh, she could be was created maybe possibly around the time Boba Fett was was born I, so i think all that early speculation you heard after like episode one two and three where it's like oh this is the 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 dyad this is the other half of the coin for boba fett this is that character that's the sister of boba fett and let's see what that dynamic is i think yeah. that actually could i think now that might pan out in the next season i think, I think when so. boba comes in you're now going to get the the two sides the of the coin yeah, i think yeah, i think rivalry. also i think omega is actually alpha so I think yeah. Omega is the first clone. She's like and, the proto clone. And Django said, "No, I want a boy. I want, I want. I think that's. I, I can see Star Wars wanting to tell that story. And so I think she's the the that Django went. No, I asked for an exact clone of myself. That's brilliant because it's like, hmm. yeah, yeah, of course, like they, they. She was made first, and then, yeah. Well, then again, I I don't think that like the the selective nature of boy versus girl is something that they want to play with. Even that's narratively, that too. yeah. So yeah. I know. I don't think they'll they'll do that, and I, I even though it's cool a, even though it's a disturbing truth from like fifty hundred years back that you know um, certain preferences were in mind. Or it's today like, in certain countries, on in certain countries where planet. people are just way behind. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's definitely <laughs> certain issues in the world, or states, or, and it's yeah. strong commentary. But I I don't think they're going to go there. I do think that there's a brother sister dynamic that's mm-hmm. going to be at play in the next season for sure in a huge way. Yeah, I hope yeah. so. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, I'm, I'm waiting for that. Like, there just feels like there's some drama around the corner. You know, we talked a little bit off air about the fact, like, we were being set up for this big, like, reveal, right? Yeah. And, like, we, I think we all said last week, like, there's going to be another shoe that's going to drop. There's going to mm-hmm. be another, yeah. like, and we really didn't no. get anything. You know, it's, they, we know that the Kaminoans value Omega, for some reason, I think it's because right, I assume it's because she's an unaltered clone, and so they can make clones from her. Right. Right. Well, exactly. I'm assuming midway through the seasons is like we're going to have to fall back, use our right. go into our fallback plan of, of using whatever our best assets are to to prove our worth to the Empire. Right. And I think he's hinting at Omega. It's in Omega that, in that yeah. scene, yeah. and we never saw that pan out. We ne- that was what I was dying to see. I was also dying to see maybe some of the operations they had in other structures under the water, where it was like. You guys are now trapped in the sinking base. Are you guys now going to find something that is going to be this? You're going to go find some secret lab, some technology, some clone stuff that you're only going to be able to view briefly because the water is filling up the room. So it's like, you know, like as the water rushes into the room, you're only able to glimpse something for a, a, you know, just a quick beat and then you're out of there. Yeah. And so it was, it was a great opportunity to explore something like that. And they didn't, which is fine. We got the big reveal in Omega being older than the Bad Batch possibly one of the first clones ever created from Django. I think so. we got spoiled right. from the Mandalorian a little bit because this this we we now have the exact same number of episodes of the Bad Batch that we do of the Mandalorian. Right. Does that math work out? Yeah, yeah. 16. 16. 16, yeah. And the Mandalorian every other episode was like, here's a big reveal. Here's a big <laughs> yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Here's a big and I think we kind of got used to that in a way when this is Filoni I think prefers to do very slow character building moments and, and and drops and i was shocked too um but i'm very excited for where they're going with mm-hmm. it i think there's a lot there um I, I guess like the big thing i was also i really thought there'd be like an after the credits thing like i kept wait watching and waiting yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, like, the on. big reveal Something. seemed to be that like 
not is it Lamassu? No, Nalase. Nalase. Nalase yeah. is now in the hands of the Empire, and there's right. big plans for her. Which I'm like, and we meet, I think, someone who's the head of their cloning operation, their cloning operation. who wears the exact same goggles that Tech is wearing throughout the series. Yeah. So you imagine oh. that her IQ rivals Tech's, and yeah. she's going to be. And I mean, we're, we're just gonna. And now it's just cross media platforms. We're seeing connections between Mandalorian and Bad Batch because this is going to be. The division that yeah. what's his name, Doctor, what's his name comes from in right. I forget his in name. Mandalorian. Yeah, the right, doctor. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That clone cloning mm-hmm. uh, the cloning doctor. professor yeah. right, who also wears very thick glasses. Yeah, so well, nerds do. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm wearing glasses uh, right now, so I yeah. am commenting on it. But it's a little bit of a it almost yeah, like Manhattan Project esque. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you ever see those old pictures? Dharma Initiative. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For us lost fans out there. Um, well, you know, I was 100% wrong with all my speculation, but it doesn't stop me from wanting to speculate further <laughs> don't on do future things. Yes. Because it's big. fun. Okay. It's just super fun. Like, I, don't I know. have an idea. And, you go first. All right. If I was going to speculate further on all of this, I would say that maybe Omega has the legs to go into live action and possibly in the Book of Boba series. Mm. And hopefully, I'm thinking, you know, having just read this War of the Bounty Hunter uh, event series in the comics and having this be this massive bounty mission for Boba Fett in the safekeeping of, of a frozen Han Solo. It'd be fun to see another massive kind of epic bounty mission for Boba Fett. And I got to think the most interesting bounty for that character would be to hunt someone of his own, of his own yeah. caliber of, his, yeah. of the same skill level, which would be a clone of him or something like that. Like hunting himself, basically, you know, that would be really fun to have, boba versus omega that would be really really fun that would that would make for a great series and and, and hoping that would be ho- I, I would hope for that to happen but i'm gonna be pleasantly surprised by whatever they do yeah regardless. that's a really good call man that's that that makes a lot of sense storytelling wise something that makes no sense but i just might be fun to say is uh i hope that omega like the kaminoans and actually make good on their promise with plan b and like they get hired by another entity and actually make a uh, battalion of of warriors modeled after Omega, like all yeah. female like warrior like clone <laughs> oh, secret clone yeah. army. Maybe you know, into, but like not exploiting Omega, like using her as sort of the mm-hmm. the leader of this this group or the spiritual leader or like yeah, you know. And they maybe they have they're not just straight warriors. They have like you know maybe they have some compassion. I'm not trying to like play on like gender stereotypes, mm-hmm. but like different a different kind of warrior for a different kind of um army and i don't know for like a different you know maybe for they're hired by um a non-human species like the uh, tagruda you know and it's like this is their humanitarian like protective force and they they create this like legion of clones and i don't know something sympathetic to the clone movement but it's like a little more we that's that shoe needs to drop the other shoe needs to drop for that set up because we got that that felt like right. inconclusive when yeah. this when the series ended is that Lama Su had said that you know we have to secure Omega right. it's our it's the survival of our of our species of our society our, our civilization is going to depend on us you know it's selling right. the next soldier to the galaxy and we already yeah. see Nala say so it's like maybe that's one of their you know maybe Omega's like we need to save Nala say or like once they find out yeah. that she's a captive and then that allows Nalase to go and, you know, do another, have another contract. I'm just fascinated with the Kaminoans. Like, I want to know what they're doing. Like, I, do they have a lot of contracts? Do they have a lot of projects? Do they have, you know, things in various parts of the galaxy? 
or do they just like their only client is the empire you know was the republic and that was I their think, whole, whole yeah thing. my theory is that nalase is the last kamino me too yeah in the yeah. galaxy yeah, yeah i got it i think the empire went out and are wiping them all out because this is what i mean we talked about last week talked about the contingency plan right i think the empire the emperor the first thing she said was just wipe them all out Kill we don't want all. anyone else yeah cloning like the last thing they want are the rebels being able to develop a clone army right yeah yeah it's like the beginning of operation cinder right mm-hmm. like just like scorched Earth. yeah and the scorched only galaxy. thing he's using cloning for now is himself right this is it yeah. it's right. my that's see that's what yeah. i think the next the next uh narrative kind think, of yeah. uh exploration is going to be how do we get force into the how do we get right. the force into these clones yeah. like how do we make them force sensitive that might be season two is yeah. like the first experimentations with a force sensitive clone because a force sensitive clone hasn't been explored I mean, yet we do don't we know get what that these, is yeah. like strand cast clones yeah. start popping up in season two of the bad yeah. batch explain strand cast because i know it was just a term quickly created for a visual dictionary but like let's get into it like yeah explore what a strand cast is explore the the probability of getting the the clone you want versus getting a strand cast that yeah. doesn't have the powers or the, yeah. the likeness to your skill well, set. i love the word because it's got very simple epistemological yeah. like it's, or not epistemological uh entomological yeah sorry i'm trying to sound yeah, yeah. smart here with yeah. big words and I, <laughs> I don't know what i'm saying uh entomological like it's it's a strand so i think like strand yeah. of dna cast like yeah, yeah. cast into a human like yeah. you know like yeah. or you know i think there's a real so. dark angle of that too where they dispose of a lot of life so, that is worshipped by we yeah. saw if you ever watched clone wars season one please go back and watch that if you haven't in a long time because i think it's still one of the strongest seasons in terms of just the jedi's relations to the clones and yeah exploring how their first you know their first operations with this clone army and how they they still even though all these people are exactly the same genetically that they still all have yeah. value and worth and, yeah. and are living beings and like i think that's yeah. going to be it's it's cool to watch that season and then watch the bad batch or watch something where clones are taking a dark turn and, and being obliterated go from this idea that the Kaminoans can make these perfect clones, right? Mm -hmm. Like really the clones are pretty perfect physiologically Mm -hmm. to Snoke's in a jar, (laughs) right? And so I think that's where the force comes in. Something about the force when you're trying to clone and you're trying to get the force The force doesn't like that. It messes it up you get these these misshapen Because it's not a part of the fate of the destiny if you believe in that stuff of like the, the, the kind of... I the know, DSX machina of the I force. know we got teased with Frankenstein at the very end of episode three. Yeah. <laughs> we got like one oh, yeah. shot that's very reminiscent of oh, Frankenstein. Yeah. Frankenstein. I want a Rising. Frankenstein yeah, story yeah. in in this. And I think you could tell this this Frankenstein story with oh, the clone of just We have a long thing. conversation after this yeah. after this podcast <laughs> because I have a lot of Frankenstein ideas for uh the kind of next 10 years in, in er- entertainment because mm. it, it's it's really one of the one of the most brilliant stories it and, really is yeah, yeah it's, it's great so, so hopefully good. we get some having stuff like that. reread that novel yeah last year yeah yeah so is nala say you know we see her being dragged off by the empire is she going to be taken straight to some dank basement in exegol uh, like a lab yeah so like a, like a, yeah, where, yeah at the end of the episode, I didn't catch if they flew into a planet or a star destroyer, or what, or what did they fly into at the end? There it seemed like a base of some kind. It was it a was, base, it right? Unclear. Yeah. It was not Exegol. No, definitely not. It was sunnier than Exegol. Gotta was, think yeah. the the woman ho- like basically leading that operation. Gotta think she's involved in cloning and, and yeah. dark and science. Like it, she just sem- seemed like a a science officer to me in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah. So 
but so I'm precursor maybe to love to see what that plan is all about yeah, what's yeah, happening yeah. there because yeah. i you know we got pretty big surprises on that uh the the last planet we were on with the, the kind of sinkhole base and the uh um, yeah that and was the, cool. the new trooper armor the that was the war mantle armor and stuff yeah, like that that was yeah. on that planet. really cool stuff so that's what i'm interested in seeing all these you know not just the military operations but also like um the cloning palpatine's vaults and like the things that are explored mm-hmm. in like Science operation Cinder and like yep. yeah, yeah yeah all that kind of stuff it's like yeah, I want let's to dig into these black ops. Like, let's dig into this stuff. It's fascinating. Yeah, same. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah, I think. I mean, my you had mentioned like you couldn't. You, we see the Snokes in the jar, and they're all misshapen yeah. because of the Force. I, I mean, my thought is maybe it's just shoddy craftsmanship. You know, if, right. like he'd kept a bunch of like the Kaminoans yeah. alive, scientists alive. I kind of feel like they would have been able to do it. It's a good point, right? Like they they blew up all of, uh, you know. All that research, all, all, all the, mm-hmm. and all they have is one Kaminoan left, which yeah. is like I can kind of maybe recreate this, but it takes can take me decades yeah. to recreate all the science. And then we yeah. might find out through maybe the next season of Bad Batch that, much like Galen or Urso, maybe mm. um, Nala say kind of botches the program in some on way. purpose, yeah. on purpose, right? Yeah, because yeah. it's for the good, the, side, the good of the galaxy. Note. Yeah, we were. Uh, this is just completely off, but whatever. We're drinking around yeah, yeah. We're in person. This is great. We were uh, we were all sick last week. Um, with uh, various colds, and so on TNT they were just playing all of the Star Wars movies. So my child is just over a year old, and we mm-hmm. don't really put the TV on much. But we were all sick, and we're just like, just put the TV on. She'll focus on the TV. Yeah. And they were doing a Star Wars whatever. So we put it on. It was the very end of Episode Three, <laughs> like literally the very end. <laughs> oh my god! And my wife, because you see the Death Star, she's like, so why did it take eighteen years? What a to picture. do? I'm like, first of all, I love the fact that you know it was 18 years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't know it was 18 years. Secondly, <laughs> do you really want that answer? She said yes, and then I talked about three minutes, and she's like, I did not want that answer. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, well, they could perfect. There was the a labor crystal fundamentally violated the Geonosians. Like, they were killing themselves. It was a real mess. But by that point, a new hope started, and she was just like, Shh. yeah. It says a person from yeah. Boston that watched a tunnel take you know 12 oh, years yeah. Yeah. yeah we can respect that we know that oh yeah, yeah. listen yeah construction things can lack oh. um feel free to cut that all out but overall no i mean you know out of five stars i maybe like a three and a half for me yeah, yeah i think that's right. oh yeah we haven't talked about the best part of this episode actually Ooh, uh, kevin kiner slayed oh this, so good the uh the, so the good. score yeah the score oh, the music really, really good. the music was heroic. like it felt really uh, one it was really beautiful like again yeah. definitely dipping into like he's like oh i can do the stuff that you know that um our guy from mando can do lars now now oh, uh, why can't uh, we Gorenson. think of his name Gorenson. Gorenson. Yeah, yeah, yeah ludwig yeah yeah Ludwig, Ludwig I'm sorry to be a little racist against you know, yeah, listen, yeah, fake Swedish is very popular in America. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look like he he got his Gorenson on, uh, Kevin yeah, yeah. Kiner did. Be careful, and, kind of big in Germany right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Guys were big in Germany, Spain, and England. Yeah. Oh, right. And Norway. Oh. And Norway. Yeah. Oh, well, oi, Ola, and uh Tag. You pulled that out. Yeah. Great. Um yeah, great to have listeners everywhere. It's awesome. I'm glad we're all dorking out together. But um, yes, and now I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> the music. Score. The music. The music. Score. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah. It, it was very, like, very minimalist, <laughs> very um, yeah. digital. Yeah. And, like, yeah. And well, from synthesized yeah. and, like, carried over themes. Like, that was, to me, that was the the sugary center uh, to this 
um, little treat that we got at the end. I'm, in the score. I'm interested made. to learn more about the um, the scoring process because I know that Kevin Kiner works with I think his maybe two sons or his son, and oh, so wow. it's like a family operation That's producing cool. the music for the, these animated shows. So would love to know who was responsible for I think it's a specific season sequence yeah. early in. I want to say early in the when the bass first starts sinking, where like yeah. it just plays this really, really almost like Philip Glass esque. It, it's been yes. leaning very Philip Glass. Philip Glass it's, dude. it's a good dude. sound for Star Wars. Yes. I gotta say, yes. when it has those like full scales kind of going, you know, yeah. upwards yeah. And, and the melody, it's like it's and then it just feels, like the low frequency, just like yeah, just like whoa, I think of, like, Star Wars drums. We're so conditioned to love John Williams' orchestral score for yeah. Star Wars that like when we hear these other things, we're like. Oh, this is not the same Star Wars I'm used to, but maybe that's a good thing. Maybe like these, it's broadening out the bandwidth of what Star Wars can be and the yeah. tone and the and theme. I think it needs to be special. It is special. Yeah. I think what's really impressive is like Ludwig is doing amazing work in the Mandalorian, but it is its own thing. Mm-hmm. And in the Bad Batch, he's finding a way to bridge mm-hmm. John Williams and Philip Glass. Like, like it, it, that yes. doesn't sound like it doesn't yeah. like yeah. it doesn't sound like no. why are we here why are we there like it all seems to no. fit in a way that's just really impressive like we were talking about last week they did the Camino score for like 10 yeah. minutes remember like they just yeah. did that John Williams like yeah. and John Williams I, it's so fun because um Phil, like they both kind of to me at least I kind of interpret it as like an air of mystery when I hear like a Philip Glass you know, melody, or I hear a John Williams kind of flute melody where it, it kind of creates yeah. that air of mystery. And I feel like, um, but Philip Glass, there's this, there's this epic quality there that I think is super beneficial to Star Wars and yeah. especially Thrawn. And when you hear some of the Thrawn, mm. the score for Thrawn in Rebels and all that Philip Glass kind of riffing that Kevin Kiner does, it's like, yeah. let's try to explore that more. And it, yeah. when we get Ahsoka, I hope Filoni brings that philip glass score back mm. into it especially if she's going to evolve to a gandalf she's fighting a cerebral enemy like thrawn like yeah. let's keep it very cerebral with this like um the katsi trilogy music you know what i mean like i want to hear that kind of music for that cerebral yeah it'd be a great way to differentiate all these different series is oh. just with like musical styles yeah and like so, musical palettes this yeah. uh this fourth of july we did not do our music episode two fourth of no, july ago we did Three, we did John Williams, and then two. Oh, we did uh, Gorenson. Gorenson. So maybe next Fourth of July we'll do uh, Kiner. Kiner. That's a great yeah, why not? idea. Because I, I really feel like There's Kiner has now. been like holding himself back. For I think sort they of like gave standard, him more. Yeah, like tighter, tighter freedom. More I mean, my runs. quick number one is the Thrawn theme. I mean, yeah. that's like my yeah. quick number one. Really? Yeah, yeah he's done for that. Knee jerk favorites okay. Kiner track is right. got to be the Thrawn theme. Right. I, I mean, I love what he's been doing in the Bad Batch. The yeah. Last, yeah, yeah, especially yeah. specifically the last like three or four episodes. Yeah. He's, I feel like he found another gear and uh, is really doing the things he wants to do. So, yeah, I don't know, but I, it'd definitely be worth it. Let's do a kind of those, those albums usually yeah. drop on Spotify like a month or two after yeah, the, first, the season ends. Okay. The first we'll see if it's the, on there. Yeah. It was the first, they released the first half of the season. Oh, they did? Okay. Yeah, I haven't listened to it, but it is out okay. there. Bad so, Batch? Really? Bad Batch. The yep. score? That's faster than usual. Usually oh, it's yeah. a month or two after you get the kind Remember of. Remember Gorenson was for the first season releasing them weekly? That yeah. was great. It was like an album a week. I would just build that playlist out. It was so exciting. Yeah. Yeah, and he chilled out this time and only did uh, what did he like a, a beginning of the first season, half and the first half, half, second half, yeah, and like just the hits. seems to be what they're doing. God, now. that's that's such a good yeah. Thank the force for that album that's, mm-hmm. or both of those albums. I worked by really that, good. that a lot. Yeah, I bet. yeah. 
Awesome, man. What uh, are we uh, covering next week? <laughs> oh, great question. Yes. Uh, Adam? Lot, lots of New Republic. <laughs> lots of, <laughs> lots of New Republic. We're doing a catch up. We got two books. Coverage, we got was yeah. Out of the Shadows by Justina Ireland and Race to Crash Point Tower by Daniel Jose Alder. We have multiple episode or issues of the main run, mm-hmm. uh, the High Republic and Star Wars, the High Republic Which seemed Adventures. to answer all my questions about the novel, um, yeah. uh, which was uh, oh. uh, Storm Rising or Rising, Rising, Rising Storm. Storm. Sorry, Rising Storm. Uh, that where's Avar Chris? Where's Estella Maru? Yeah, the comics seem to answer I, all those yeah. questions. And so, then yeah. uh, I think we have a couple of they're uh, in the weeds. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Yeah, yeah, literally. literally. <laughs> well, that's a lot. When you read those books, they're always like, yeah, yeah and the Dredgier are in over the there rough. doing yeah. the rough on the Yeah, um, and I think there's two um, short stories from Star Wars Insider that we haven't covered. Also, okay. both of them are written by Justine Ireland. So, oh, yeah. cool. So we got some stuff to catch up on awesome. and see so, where we're at. Kind so of. it'll be a High Republic bonanza. Next yeah, week. yeah, yeah. It's exciting. That'll be great. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks very much for listening to us this week. It's great to see you all in person. Yeah. I don't want to do this on Skype anymore. Let's just do it all in person. <laughs> just going to throw that out there. As much on as air. we can, for sure. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening to us. Um, get at us on um, Discord. We talk about Star Wars all week long. So yeah. it'd be fun to talk to you about it also. With you about it also. Yeah. And if you prefer the the audio from the in person, just let us know. Like shoot us shoot us a message on Twitter yeah. at Coral News or wherever. Like if you want us to try to keep managing this kind of in person, uh, we can do that. We'd love to do that. Yeah. But, um, Give us some feedback, yeah. folks, because we need that. Yeah. Feedback. Always good. Um, cool. Uh, may the force be with you. Always. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Coral News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you, and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you, always.